hi and welcome back to bird is the word podcast how is everybody doing today it is monday evening i just got off work it's 5 p.m and i was so excited to come home and do an episode um i usually do them on the weekend so that i could post them during the week but i was out of town with family this weekend we went to the beach and um it was a really nice time um really got to relax and unwind and I got to eat a lot of really unhealthy food and I'm really excited about it because I felt like a human being for once. (laughs) Um, If you don't know, I diet very strict and I count macros like on a daily basis. So I don't get to enjoy a lot of the finer things in life. Um, But this weekend I allowed myself to just eat, snack, have fun and it was great. I, you know, I thank God for, you know, providing me with a good mentality to be able to allow myself to cheat after losing so much weight. Um, I lost like 40 pounds and um, I've been really in my head about like not wanting to gain it back and like allowing myself to cheat, but I've been praying about it and God is good and God is giving me the courage and the confidence and I know he's with me and he's gonna take care of me in that. So, you know, just me going off about my personal life, right? (laughs) But what I was getting at is that I was at the beach and I actually took my Bible with me and I was like I might read we'll see how I feel um you know I've been really um attached to my reading and to you guys and to you know doing these stories for you guys so I was like maybe I'll have some separation anxiety if I don't take my Bible with me wow like who is she again if you knew me like maybe like two to Ten years ago you would never imagine that I would be like this like it's such a blessing I feel wow so I was like me separation anxiety from my bible I'm taking my bible with me so I did and I did end up reading um which I'm glad I did I think it was Saturday night um Adam and my cousin and my sister they went out on the little ATV that we rented and I stayed in and I opened my bible and I continued to read and just journal and I felt I just felt really good to be on vacation and connect with God um, because, you know, one of the pastors that I listened to um, in his sermon on Sunday, his name is Judah Smith. Um, he was actually saying he was like, you know, when we connect with God, we are often connecting with him when we are in trouble, when we are in pain, when we are in need. And it's usually a very um it's an experience that comes from hurt. You know what I mean? Um, and and it's a, not a bad thing. That's what God wants. God wants us to reach to him when we are, you know, feeling this way. But he was, this pastor was saying, he was like, it would be wonderful to connect with God, you know, on vacation when you're at the Caribbean or you're on a cruise and you're basking on the beach. You know, that would be a beautiful time to connect with God, but we don't do that. And it's so funny because I did that this weekend and I didn't even listen to that sermon until after I had already done that because this was Sunday and I read my Bible Saturday at the beach. And so he said that and I was like, oh my God, that was literally me because it was really relaxing. I didn't have work the next day. I had just spent the whole day with my family. I had eaten really good. (laughs) Um, And so it felt really good. I was like, I connected with God like on a different level. Like I was in vacation, I was on vacation. I was in vacation mode. Like my mind was pretty clear. And so it was a different experience. So if you haven't done that yet, I encourage you to just like, if you go out of town, maybe pick one day on your vacation to open your Bible and just connect with him and um, give thanks. You know, that's what I was doing. And I felt really good. It really was, you know, 
one of the highlights of my little vacation over the weekend, you know. So yeah, I encourage you to do that because that pastor that I listened to again, Judah Smith, he said that and I was like, oh my God, it's so true. You know, we typically don't do this. So anyways, I'm four minutes in just talking about personal things. Sorry. <laughs> um, let's get into today's story. Um, as always, do not forget to like and follow me on Instagram and Facebook, Bird is the Word podcast for all the updates, all the little snippets, sneak peeks. Um, send me a message, leave me a comment. I would love to hear from you. And yeah, let's get into today's story. We are doing a second part to Samuel. Um, we kind of touched this last week. Um, we talked about, you know, how God came to Samuel as a child. And then we talked about the Philistines and how they took the Ark of the Covenant. And I explained to you guys what the Ark of the Covenant is. Um, so yeah, I kind of left you a little cliffhanger. Who am I? So cute. Real producer vibes, right? <laughs> um, okay. So here we are. We're picking back up because I was a little shook when this happened. I was like, oh my God. Okay. They, they stole the Ark of the Covenant. And again, this is the little, you know, gold plated chest that contained the 10 commandments that God gave Moses to lead the Israelites. And, you know, we go by these 10 commandments in the Bible. It's part of our lives and they're a really big deal. So I'm like, they, are they going to get away with this? Absolutely not. Right. I'm like, God's got to come through. And so I was really excited to proceed and tell you guys what happens next. So we are in uh, Samuel chapter five. Um, this is all we're doing today is chapter five. So feel free to go back and read this. Um, there's a lot of little details that of course I'm not going to cover because I don't want to sit here and bore you with it, but if you're interested in like the real nitty gritty details of these stories, I encourage you to go back and read them, take some notes and, you know, come up with your own translation and see how it makes you feel. Um, and so the Philistines, like I said, they have the Ark of the Covenant um, and they end up taking it to their city of Ashad. Um, and so what they did when they took it to their city is they took it to their god Dagon. I think it's I think that's how you pronounce it, Dagon. I don't really care to pronounce it right because he ain't nothing. But um, D-A-G-O-N. Um, and so they set it by his statue. Now, the god Dagon um, is or was the, um, he was like what they would refer to as the fish god. Um, and so they were worshiping him in relation to like fishing, multiplying in fish, like to prosper in food you know what i mean providing them food so he this this god was actually half man half fish it was kind of like a mermaid and don't get me started on my mermaid theories because where did this come from okay bye all right anyways <laughs> so um if you google you you might want to like maybe do a little google on this one um because there's a lot of information on like where this came from where this derived from where the god of dagon came from and there's actually pictures of you know, what he was, you know, supposed to look like. So they take it to their god Dagon. Now, this god is not real. It's a statue. Um, and so they lay this box, which is the Ark of the Covenant, next to the statue. They're presenting it to their god. And this has me shook. I am like, okay, you guys are already disrespectful by stealing this very, very sacred, you know, item from the Israelites and now you're going to present it to your God I am like I'm shook I read this and I was gagged I was like oh oh what um and so yeah they present it there and I'm like thinking to myself you y'all done mess up I am terrified for them as I'm reading this I'm like y'all are gonna get it 
I am very excited to see what God's going to do because I know God is not going to stand for y'all doing that. Y'all stealing from his people, very monumental and sacred items. And now you're going to give them, present them to your God as what, like, what are you getting out of this? You know what I mean? And it was just probably their way of honoring their God. Like we stole something from what they referred to as the God of Israel here. We'll give it to you. Um, And so the next morning, you know, when they get up, the Philistines noticed that the statue had fallen face down. And I'm like, oh, I'm shook. Period. Right? God said, period. So the statue was face down. They pick it back up and put it back in its correct place. And then they move on with their day whatever. And then the next morning it had fallen again. This time the arms and the head were detached. So it was broken. And I'm like, uh, period 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 um yeah so obviously this is the work of the lord where he's not standing for he's not playing he's not the one to play with and you know at first i was like oh my god what if he brings a storm a hurricane like what's he gonna do and i'm thinking to myself you know our god is the only god we only serve one god so what why would he cause a storm when they're really just doing this to a statue of nothing you know what i mean like (laughs) whatever so he's god's just like hmm you know, I just picture him with his hand like, Heh. you know, just like playfully like knocking it over with like his pinky, you know, we're talking about the mighty powerful God. I'm sure it took no force for him to knock down this, <laughs> this little statue of a fish. Um, and then, so the next morning, um, after that, you know, I had said that it, sorry, I kind of lost my place. The arms and the head were broken off. God began to start punishing the people of Ashad. And what he was doing was he brought on sickness. He brought on the bubonic plague. And that's when these people, the Philistines, began to know that this was the what they called the God of Israel punishing them. And they referred to him as the God of Israel because they did not believe in God. They believed in different gods. Um, so, you know, when you hear me say that, just know that that's what the Bible is referring to because that's what they referred to God as, God of Israel. So they knew it was the God of Israel punishing them. Um, and so they also knew that they needed to return the covenant box but they didn't want to they decided that they were going to give it to the king of philistines and he decided to tell them to take it to the city of gath which was another philistine city so he's like get it out of here we don't need to deal with it let's give it to somebody else so they do that they take it to the city of gath and guess what the lord punishes that city too and then they sent it again to another city and the same exact thing happened so it's like this repetitive you know, motion of like, oh, let's do this. Oh, this happened. Let's do it somewhere else. Like just basically switching scenarios, switching situations, but doing the same thing. How many of us do things like that? (laughs) I'm raising my hand right now because I definitely partake in trying to like continue the same thing, but maybe switching something up a little bit and thinking that that's okay. (laughs) So, you know, again, human nature, not surprised. Um, and so, um, in a little, in early in Samuel chapter six, I know I said that we were only going to read chapter five, but um, I failed to tell you that it is a little bit of chapter six too. In chapter six, they do um, the Philistines do end up returning the covenant box and they present it with gifts because again they're passing this thing on to different cities and the same things happening. So they know that God wants it back. God is angry. Like the God of Israel is the real deal. We ain't messing with him. Period. And none of us need to mess with him either. We need to 
keep this story in mind. We're going to get back to it. So they end up returning it with gifts. So they, you know, present a bunch of offerings and sacrifices. And um, yeah, basically the Lord kept punishing them until they gave it back. So it's like, when is enough enough? You know what I mean? And and the thing about this story that stands out to me the most is like, I, I know so many times in my life I have done what the Philistines were doing, just ignoring God's word to satisfy me and my earthly needs. Can I get an amen? Um, because I know that sometimes I still do this. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not innocent. Again, I'm not trying to act like I'm better than anybody or that I'm living my life this perfect way. But, you know, kind of like the Philistines were just kind of going about doing what they wanted and just rolling with the punches and just maybe tweaking the situation instead of making the big move of, hey, let's return this thing so that we can make a real change and, you know, so that God could stop punishing us. You know what I mean? And and the subject, the topic of God punishing us is very, you know, frail for me um, because I, you know, we're in the Old Testament again, um, different times. God did punish people in the Old Testament. We're seeing it as we're, as I'm telling you these stories, you know, we see it in Pharaoh. We see it with, um, you know, the story of Esther, what happened to those people. We're seeing it with the Philistines. Um, and let me just remind you that in the New Testament, when Jesus walks the earth, times are different. Um, and, and things are not this way. And so I don't want to imply that God punishes people or that God brings upon sickness. Um, because let's, let's get to the moral and the, the real nitty gritty of this story is that the Philistines brought it upon themselves by disobeying God, period. First of all, they're worshiping a different God. That's a whole other ball game. But they saw what the Lord was doing. They knew that it was wrong. They knew it was the God of Israel. Yet they continued. And I feel like that is what we do as human beings. You know, we, God doesn't bring upon horrible things that happen to us. We as human beings, we as a society, we bring these things upon ourselves. You know what I mean? And yes, the Lord is there to pick us up when we fall and he always will be. And, um, you know, that is what I pulled from this story is like I saw myself, I saw myself as a youth, as a child, you know, as an early, you know, young adult, I saw myself in this a lot because I feel like I did this and probably still do to this day. Like we just kind of disregard it and we don't realize, you know, like God doesn't bring upon sickness. Sometimes we bring those things upon ourselves. Sometimes we choose a different route. We choose to continue, you know, to drink a lot of alcohol. We choose to continue to smoke a lot of weed. We choose to continue to do things that do not benefit or nourish our bodies in a nutritional way. And those things, you know, they add up. They are a big factor in what happens to us. But at the end of the day, you know, it doesn't matter what we bring upon ourselves because our heavenly father is going to be right there to catch us when those things grab us you know and so like i said the old testament you know god is angry a lot in the old testament because these people was wild and y'all already know it but again it's early humanity you know what i mean like the old testament the lord just created human beings and here we are running amok right unfortunately we still are things have not changed <laughs> but again when we get into the new testament we will see how things completely change when jesus arrives because jesus is going to make a way for us to where we don't get punished and and we he teaches us how to love one another and how to be so that we don't anger god you know what i mean so again different times and i kind of wanted to talk about this because i noticed that 
you know, a lot of these stories that I'm talking about, yeah, God's pretty angry and God is punishing people and he's bringing upon these things, um, you know, but we, you know, as a society, as a nation, as a planet, we bring these things upon ourselves, just like the Philistines did. They saw what the Lord was doing. They knew that it was God. They even acknowledged it. And it says in the Bible that they knew it was the God of Israel doing these things to them. But, and they knew they needed to take the box back. I mean, it's sacred. It had the Ten Commandments in it. I'm not over it. I'm still so shook. But they chose a different route. They chose to just move it among each other. You know, let's, um, what do they call it? What is that term? Oh, just put a Band-Aid on it kind of thing. And how many times in our lives do we just put a Band-Aid on something? Like, oh, I'm really hurting. This person hurt my feelings. I need to forgive them, but I'm not going to right now. I'm just going to move on and act like everything's okay. And that kind of resig. I don't even know how the, I, how I just got that out because that's kind of what I'm doing right now, um, in certain with a certain situation in my life. I kind of just have a band aid on it, and I need to be better about asking God to help me rip this band aid off to heal and to do things correctly the way that He wants me to do. I want to live a life like God. I want to be like God. I want to feel. I want to love others, and I want people to know when they see me that I am walking with the Lord. And so it's hard. It's so hard as human beings to do that. But like I want to be more like him and I want to live more like him. Um, And so like the Philistines, I'm just kind of putting band-aids on certain pains in my life that I just don't want to deal with, that I don't want to because I don't want to forgive and I don't want to live the way God wants me to live. You know what I mean? But I do. It's just hard to do it. Like, I want to, but I don't want to. Um, I know what I need to do. And I know that in the, you know, at the end of the day, it's going to make me feel better and benefit me and, you know, satisfy the Lord. But it's hard. It's so hard. It's easier said than done. So I think that's, you know, the message here is that, you know, we need to be better about obeying the Lord. Um, And the more we obey, the less havoc we will bring in our lives. And, you know, this also includes, you know, the people that we surround ourselves with, the things we're putting into our bodies, the activities that we are choosing to participate in, the way we speak. That's hard. Don't get it twisted. That's, (laughs) that is hard. I'm still young, okay? (laughs) I'm not justifying when a curse word slips. I'm just saying it's hard but again you know with prayer and with faith and just knowing that God is there and that he is always there to listen and to pick you up when you do bring these things upon yourself is just the most amazing feeling it's it's just so reassuring to know like you know God I'm probably gonna mess up a bunch more times in my life but you know that you know what tomorrow brings so I'm trusting that you know it's all in your plan and You know, the Philistines eventually gave in because, look, God is, he is powerful, he is strong, and he is not going to stop when he wants something and he wants you somewhere or wants something in your life. He's not going to stop. And that's exactly what happened here in this situation. God did not stop. So the Philistines were like, oh my God, they finally gave in. And on top of that, they gave in. They gave the box back with offering. So they threw in, they sprinkled in a little something extra. And um, that also says, you know, coming from a mindset of like, nope, we know we need to return it. We're not going to, to, oh, we need to return it. And then some, it really goes to show you how God's power was displayed to them and how they felt. You know what I mean? The Bible doesn't say that they had a change of heart, but they knew who was pulling the strings. 
they knew that they were messing with God's people. They knew that. And the Israelites were God's people. We are God's people. So another another good message in that is when somebody or something is against you, just know that God is for you. Because God was for the Israelites. And he was making it so that they were going to get this box back. And God will get your box back. Let him do the hard work. Let him bring upon the havoc. Let him deal with the other opposing party. You do your part. God will do his part like he did for the Israelites when the Philistines did this. Um, And so again, another message. So many messages to pull. I literally, that's not even in my notes. I think God just told me to say that. Because I literally didn't pull that one. I originally read it. And there it is. It's here. It's recorded. It's going to get posted. (laughs) So we love it. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, And yeah. So that's basically it for, you know, chapters 5 and 6 of Samuel. Again, I know I said we were just doing Samuel chapter 5. But this is actually 5 and 6. So um, yeah. I really hope that you liked the story. You know, um, I kept it a little short. um, But I kind of wanted to like pick back up on that cliffhanger that I left you guys with because I thought I was really anxious to know what happened when they took this box so I figured maybe a few of you were too I don't know (laughs) but anyways thank you so much for listening um thank you so much for being here I didn't thank you guys in the beginning of the episode but it means the world to me um I really hope that you heard a beautiful message from God through this story. Um, And yeah, I will see you guys in the next episode. Bye.